Thank you, worship team. Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. And to the angel of the church of Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know your works, your love, your service, your faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and to eat sacrificed things sacrificed to idols. We've been talking about this spirit of Jezebel for the past few weeks and uh, the power that this spirit has that, as it relates to us on today. It is one of the spirits that calls the northern ten tribes to forsake the covenant that they had with God except for 7,000 that never bowed their knee. And it killed most of the prophets. This is one spirit was almost totally responsible for the corruption of an entire nation. It would, you would think that the spiritual warfare would decrease, seeing that there were no more demonic spirits than just this one uh, spirit that it seemed like that was dominant and Jesus was in the earth and the devil can't reproduce and so now there are about six billion people on the earth you would feel think as though that that because the enemy cannot reproduce God is the God that produces and reproduces that there would be a greater force in the earth of God than there is of darkness but I submit to you today that we are still in a battle. <clears throat> we are still in a conflict. You see, the enemy has uh, seemingly increased in ways in which it is warfaring against us. One of the ways is through mass media, through uh, not only literature, but the internet, through TV, John wrote in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 15 that the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman so that he might cause her, the church, to be swept away in the flood. Water represents spirit, but here it is not the Holy Spirit, but it is a demonic spirit and it is being poured out upon the world like a flood. The, word, the words here have a visual image out, uh, out that this river is coming out of Satan's mouth. And our society through technology advancements have, has all kinds of 
of sin and all kinds of things imaginable, available, and access to it like we never have before. You can feed your flesh, your carnal mind, wherever you are. You can be going down the road in your car. You can be at home. You can hear songs on the radio. You can watch it on your television at home. You can get it on the internet. There, everywhere you look, you see it isn't that you even have to look for it. It is now that you have to guard yourself from it. You have to guard your eyes. You have to guard your ears. You've got to guard your thoughts because everywhere you look, it's there. <clears throat> Whenever people, you, you see commercials for uh, selling tires and uh, selling those tires is uh, a half-naked woman. What's a half-naked woman got to do with tires? Right? You see it on the billboards, going driving down the road, and you see it on billboards, all kinds of seduction, all kinds of suggestions of, that is all over prevalent, and it has become the norm in our culture. According to Ephesians 2 and 2, Satan always has been the prince of the power of the air. Our lives are being bombarded by hell every day. Amen. I know you can call me old-fashioned and you probably won't hear this type of preaching a whole lot anymore, but, but I'll take the risk. Because you can't, you, you can't live listening to hell all week and then try to rebuke the devil on Sunday. You can't just watch whatever you want to watch and fill your eyes and your, because the Bible says are, that the eyes are the window to your soul. And so what you're looking on, what you're gazing on, what you're taking in is going to get into your soul and it is going to reproduce something. And so we, 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 they say, well, it, it really isn't all that bad. It, it, it doesn't bother me. Well, the devil is a liar. You've got to guard your heart. You've got to protect your soul. And here in Revelation, we see that God comes to the church and he says that, that I've got some things, you're doing some things well, but he said, I, I've got some other things against you. This city is a commercialized city. It is numerous uh, in trade. It, uh, a city that is uh, sponsoring frequent idolatrous feasts and orgies. Notice, if you will, that the church took on the spirit of the city. This church became a moral compass. And the moral compass was produced out of the city instead of out of the church. So that the church may have not been doing what the city was doing, but they became passive with the spirit that was in the city. There was no difference between the spirit that was in the church 
and the spirit that was in the world. Amen. And there is where God says, I've got a problem. It's okay. It's all right. How many know God has a problem with things that we just give in to? We coddle. Whenever the spirit of the world gets in the church, right? And it doesn't even mean that we are doing what the world is doing, but we become passive about it to where we don't want to talk about it because we're afraid of offending somebody. I would be ashamed to call myself a preacher of the gospel and not offend somebody because the gospel is offensive. Yes, it'll find you where you are and it'll call out the things that run like God in your life. It is the mirror of the reflection of his word that begin, we begin to look in his word and it will offend us because <laughs> our soul is not lining up with what our spirit knows as well. Christianity is dealing with self-denial, crucifying the flesh, right? Crucifying worldly lust and, and dedicating ourselves and consecrating ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But we live in a culture today that totally rejects the idea of self-discipline, of morality, of accountability, of responsibility, should I say, of holiness. For a preacher to get up today and preach on holiness is considered to be a hate crime or a hate message that you're judging me, right? They believe that it's out of date message, that, that it's not needed to be talked about anymore. It, it's the same equivalent of people saying that the Constitution is out of date in America. And now we want to have preachers are having discussion panels with their congregates to find out what they want them to preach and how they want them to preach it. We believe that freedom is the ability to do whatever we want to do. But you know what I found out? I found out that the world has more standards than the church today. The world, when they get ticked about something going on, they, they rise up and do something about it. When the church don't like what's going on, we just sit around and talk about it. But don't do nothing to make it different. It's not the church that's 
boycotting businesses that promote transgenders who's boldly proclaiming that they're coming after your kids and my kids and your grandchildren. It's not the church that's going after and boycotting Anheuser-Busch. It's the ones drinking it. The same people drinking their beer is the ones that rose up and said, we're going to put you out of business because you're an idiot. Right? It, it, they say, well, while, you know, there's just a big portion of the world that no longer agrees with this or no longer agrees with that, we, we, we can't really make a difference in it. It's just like Disney. Now, Disney didn't start this mess yesterday. You can go way back and you'll see that, that Disney's been a corrupt something for years. But the world has boycotted Disney until they are plummeting in their business. But the church ain't saying nothing about it. Amen. I'm preaching better than y'all letting on today. Amen. The church isn't saying nothing about it, but the world's about to shut Disney down. The rat's going to have to find somewhere else to live. Amen. Destiny, Renee and I went to Florida for a, a meeting and Destiny, she is smaller then and she got upset because we didn't take her with us. And, and she is, I heard her fussing at her mama on the phone and I said, baby girl, look, there ain't nothing down here that you are missing uh, in this place. I said, in fact, and we weren't even at Disney. We was, I guess, close enough, but we didn't go. But I said, if they hadn't have found that rat over there in that swamp, they'd have gave this place to Cuba. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but the world is putting a hurting on Disney for the mess that they're putting out, for what they're supporting. But the church ain't saying nothing. I had a buddy of mine. A good friend of mine, his, his whole family, they, they uh, before COVID, they had this plan, this trip, this cruise plan to go to uh, Alaska. And after the, that, they made the changes and all that. Anyways, the, his family, uh, they uh, all got a, a, on the Disney cruise. And he, he says um, they spent over $100,000 just on the cruise for the whole family and he said you ain't spending my money that way he said I ain't giving a rat a dime amen and I admire people like that you say well my few hundred dollars ain't gonna matter well well maybe it will because if my few hundred dollars don't get in their pot and your few hundred dollars don't get in their pot after a while the pot's gonna go dry amen 
And I admire people like that who just take a stand and say, hey, you know what? We're going, we may not be able to, to do this on our own, but if we take a stand together, we can make a difference. Amen? But listen to me this morning. I tell you all that to tell you that, that the church world has a low tolerance standard. A low tolerance standard for morality, personal accountability, preaching about being living a life before the Lord. The church has lost some ground simply because they ignore the doctrine of living a sanctified life. We once preached, you know, I know it wasn't altogether perfect, but we once preached uh, a dress code. And a lot of it was legalistic. Right? You hear me get on that, and that's a hobby, you know, that's a horse that I can ride because I, I hate religion. But listen to me, there's got to be a standard. Amen. And we have thrown it completely out to where now you aren't allowed to tell it. How dare you tell me? what to wear, how to dress, right? And a lot of it legalistic, but we're scared to death to tell people, you need to put some clothes on before you go outside because we might offend somebody. We're afraid that we're, we're people won't, won't receive our message if we preach about living a, and dressing modestly in this 21st century church. Why? Because we've become tolerant. We have, we have learned how to accept the spirit of the age that is all around us. We have lost the war on dressing moderately, modestly. And now look what's happened. We have boys dressing like girls. Girls dressing like boys. Amen. Once we preached about against homosexuality and perversion and lesbianism. But now the church is ordaining them and calling them preachers of the gospel. We're losing the war on homosexuality. We once preached against drugs, but now we've legalized marijuana. And so Christians are gravitating toward it because it's legal now. We've lost our war on drugs. We can't even have a healthy discussion about and establish standards anymore because we're afraid of offending someone. But if you were honest today, you have to understand that if you don't have boundaries, you never can have a river where the river of the glory of God can flow because a river has boundaries, but a swamp has none. 
And when there is no boundaries, the river, the water can flow, but it only produces a swamp and there is no life-sustaining source or ability there. Boundaries, guardrails are not to stop me from getting where I want to go. They're to protect me to get to where I need to go. Amen. And we, 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 We've allowed the standards to be so low because of the culture of the day that now there's, you can tell no difference between the church and the world. I know I sound old fashioned, don't I? But it's true because the word of God hasn't changed. It's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And for you to be carnally minded is death, but you to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Glory to God. And notice, if you will, this church here in Revelation took on the spirit of the city, became passive with what was going on, and then there is no difference between the spirit that's in the church and the spirit that is in the world. If we're not careful, we will become passive to the spirit that is in our city and we'll become tolerant to it. Oh, you say it isn't so bad, it doesn't hurt anyone. Uh, we become overtaken by a spirit that is in the world and God said you you've done some things right he said you're loving people you're serving people you're doing uh, things you have faith you show patience and, and this is where our culture is today our culture the, the church in America today does good with humanitarian things it does good with, with reaching out and doing community events. And I'm not against those. You understand. We have done those things. We'll continue to do those things. But it is just, it's not just about the humanitarian things. He said to them in, in Revelation, he said, I, I, I see you're doing good things. But he said, there's one thing. Because you allow, because you tolerate, and I'm concerned today for what we allow, what we tolerate in our community, in our region, dare say in our church. He didn't say they were doing these things. He just said you're tolerating these things and it angered God. What have we become tolerant about? He said, you allow this woman, this her to teach and call herself a prophetess and seduce my servants in committing immorality. Everyone is welcome at One Life Church. No matter how hard you preach against sin, or you preach righteousness, you will still have everything in the church. Because all you can do is 
lay, make the boundaries. All you can do is preach the truth. And then it's up to people how they want to apply that to their life. That's your, that's your choice. I have no power whatsoever over you. You say, well, I don't want to go to that kind of church. Well, if you'll get with me after church, I can tell you where one or two are that's not like that. They got two or three people. And they just judge each other and keep each other in line. If you won't go there, that's, that's a good place to go. But if you're going to be a part of the kingdom of God, if you're going to be a part of something that's going to change a city, then we've got to, we've got to understand that there's going to be differences, but we also have to understand and agree that there has to be a standard of living. Amen. Wherever there is true move of God, the flesh will always show up. And God said, let the wheat and the tarot grow up together. And I'll do the judging. I'll do the pulling. I'll do the plucking. Right? Because if we start pulling them up, trying to think, and well, this is what we need to do, and that's what we need to do, then we'll pull up the roots of the harvest, and the devil will laugh at us. But if we allow the Holy Spirit to do the work, huh? He knows when, he knows what to deal with, to what to pluck up, what to leave, amen? And so it's up to the Holy Spirit to do that. With that being said, even though we will not control who comes here, we will control who is in leadership here. Amen. In my tenure here, I've had people that have sent me emails and they said that we are of a homosexual lifestyle and we just wanted to know is there a place in the church for us and is there a place in leadership for us my response to them was there is a place for you at one life church everyone is welcome here to worship but there is no place for you in leadership No place. You say, well, that's judgmental. No, that's not judgmental. That's a standard. Amen. Well, you don't like those people? No, I love them all. I love everybody. But there's a standard. <laughs> Amen. And you have to have a standard for the church. Amen. It's amazing to me. You, you can't even go to, 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 to most stores, fast food restaurants. You can't even work in a fast food restaurant without wearing the right apparel. They'll send you home. Amen. You have to make a commitment if you want to play a sport. You don't just say, well, I'll show up if I want to. No, you have to sign on the dotted line. You have to make a commitment that I will be at the practices. I will be at the games. I will be there early. I, I will, right? 
and you make a commitment to that. But we don't want to make a commitment to the Lord's house. We don't want to make a commitment to that, that may, we, we don't make, want to make a commitment because it may, uh, we might get a better, we might get a better uh, choice. Something might come up. Right? But if you want to be on the team, you got to sign a commitment. The Bible said she led them to sexual adultery and spiritual adultery. Where can you go in our society that the influence of this spirit is not felt? It flows through the entertainment industry. It flaunts itself in the world fashion. It's in TV ads. It's, it's everywhere. It's for, you know, both sexes. I don't watch a whole lot of TV. My family can tell you that. I don't watch a whole lot, but I've watched enough of it to notice that they got a bunch, awful lot of men kissing each other on commercials these days. Huh? All kinds of things. What is it doing? It's trying to be gender benders to this generation till it gets confusion in the minds of our little children. Make no mistake, it's, it's more about than people being weird. It's about the spirit of Jezebel that is loose in our land. Amen. The question is at hand is, are we going to tolerate it? Understand this, this spirit is not after you, it's after your authority. It's after your authority, dad. It's after your authority, mom. It's after your authority, business owner. It's after your authority, Christian leader. It knows that if it can gain control over you, it can gain control by shame, by guilt, and your prayers will just be a little whimper of doubt. But before we start judging them too harshly by being overtaken by this spirit, let's look at this because I don't know that God was more upset about their sexual adultery than, there were, than he was their spiritual adultery. You know, vacillating back and forth. Serving God and then serving, worshiping idols. And he said, you'll not have any other God before me. Giving his worship to another God. You know, we call it stepping out on your man or what about stepping out on God? What about the times we could have been to church, but we stayed home? Or we went somewhere that our flesh wanted to go? 
unfaithfulness. You know me well enough to know that I believe you ought to have a life. You ought to go on vacation. You ought to have a good time. You, you ought to have a life. I do. Amen? But if the house of God is not a commitment and a priority in your life, something's wrong. Before you make all of those other plans around your life, there ought to be something that hits your brain that says that's on a Sunday. That belongs to God. Guard it. Protect it. Amen. Amen. We need to do things with our families. We need to be a, do, do those activities. Enjoy life. But make the kingdom of God a priority. Amen. What about spending more time watching TV and movies and sporting events and shopping than you do talking to God? What about those things in your life? We don't have no time. I don't have time to read his word. I don't have time. And, and all at the same time, we, we, we have a hard time giving God a couple of hours on Sunday morning, but we have not a hard time coming home and watching three hours of TV at night. I know it's all out of date. I know it's old, old-fashioned, but it's true. Amen. How long would you put up with it? You know, it's not the big things. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things that add up. You know what Jezebel hates? Jezebel's worst enemy are the prophets. Her worst fear is that people will embrace repentance. She's afraid that this spirit will infiltrate the church. Huh? And we repent. You know, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. Turn from their wicked ways. He's saying if they'll repent, if my people will repent, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Through this spirit will infiltrate the church and it masks its desire I told you last Sunday out of some 40 years of preaching this is this spirit is the thing that that I've battled and struggled the greatest with is one of the most difficult things you'll ever do because it twists itself in Christian doctrine and it hides from true repentance Jezebel hates humility. Jesus said that true greatness 
was measured with childlike honesty of heart. You know what else this spirit hates? Not only humility, but this spirit hates prayer. Amen. It's strange to me that, that we, have, we, we have a hard time finding 30 minutes out of our life to pray. If you haven't spent 30 minutes in prayer, get your Bible. Take it somewhere with you. Pray as long as you know how to pray. And then get the Bible and read it. But commit to that 30 minutes. And your prayer life will begin to grow. It'll begin to develop. But we, don't, we, 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 we can't find 30 minutes to pray, but we've got three hours for TV. Why is it? Because when you pray, you're prying the fingers of this spirit off of the hearts of men, off of your family, off of your life. And it begins to set people free from this spirit that torments them. When you pray, you bind her. When you pray against it, it causes the spirit of immorality. It is crippled to where it cannot function. And when you pray for this uh, uh, submissive heart, that God, to, if there be any wicked thing in me, right? It tramples, it is, it's like, it's like Jehu's horses trampling upon her in the street again. When you pray, it's warfare. Jezebel's ultimate hatred is God himself. And she hates the grace that God pours out on his people. <laughs> when we have sinned, when we have come short of his glory, God still loves us, still shows us his grace, still shows us his kindness anyhow, right? And, and, and Jezebel hates that. She, she wants him to, to be angry, to be militant. But God pours his love out on us because he isn't loving us because of what we have done right or what we have done wrong. He's, he is loving us because we're his creation. He is loving us because that he first loved us and we see the goodness of God. And the goodness of God is what leads a man to repentance. Right? She hates the fact that God will take the weakest and the lowest of, of, his, of his kind or his creation. Those who are the weakest and those who are the, the, the less likely. And he can take them and he can use them to bring her down. Amen. Amen. You remember... The eunuchs are the ones that destroyed Jezebel, right? The ones that, are, that, that they had tried to tame, the ones that they took the ability to reproduce from them, the, give, the, the, the ability to cause life to come to another generation. And yet there was something still on the inside of them as much as this spirit tried to tame them and tried to take life from them and tried to cause them not to be able to raise up another generation. There was still something on the inside of them that when they heard the voice of the anointed one, <laughs> you know, Jehu. 
Jehu that I told you last week that Elijah said that hey God said hey Elijah if you don't want to do the job then I'm going to take the anointing off of you and put it on Hazel and Jehu and they're going to do the work God is saying in this season that if we don't want to do the work he's got a Jehu that's waiting he's got someone else that's willing and we're going they're going to rise up and they're going to destroy this spirit that has come these end time spirits that have tried to stop the flow of the kingdom of God there is an anointing that's coming on this last day church that is going to see the supernatural that's going to see the glory of God the manifest presence of his spirit we're not leaving here a bunch of whip pups we're not leaving here weak and anemic we're leaving here with signs wonders and miracles we're leaving here with the kingdom of God in full force with authority and dominion and we're not going to run from any spirit we're not going to hide and cower we're going to stand in the city street and say greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world we're going to take back the seven mountains that develop culture and we're going to say these mountains belong to the Lord they belong to the kingdom of God and we're not going to be silent we're not going to cower to the spirit of the age but we're going to declare the kingdom of God has come unto us and we will do his works in the earth Amen. She hates the fact that God takes the weakest, the loneliest. Some of you may have feel like you're the weakest of the weakest, but God uses a Gideon. Huh? Come on, somebody. God, you may feel like that you've been disqualified. You may feel like what you've been through in your life that, that you are not capable of doing anything. But I'm here today to tell you that God can use a eunuch. He can use you. I said if he can use those that other people have cut down, cast off, and said you're of no good. But if you believe the report of the Lord and embrace his Holy Spirit, he will give you the power to overcome all of the powers of the enemy. She hates purity of heart. She hates a heart that serves and has a will to serve in the kingdom of God. Amen. Why? Because that heart is always blessed with an anointing <laughs> that will destroy yokes and remove burdens. Amen. If we want to be faithful, God is always faithful. Can someone say amen to that? God is always faithful. But if we expect God to be faithful, don't you think we ought to be faithful to him? How do you show your faithfulness? One of the ways, not, not the only way, but one of the ways that you show your faithfulness is to God is, because, is to be faithful to his church. Because this is his body, the reflection of who he is in the earth. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. We have to be in the forefront. Don't let, I'm done. Amy, I'm done. Come quickly. 
Lord, amen. Amen. We have to be the ones that create the culture and to not allow the world to create the culture. We have to be the ones set the standard. We have to be the ones that, that, that says, no, that ain't going to happen in our community. Because if you don't have a standard, then all the mess will come in. Amen. All of it will come in. It's looking for a place where there is no spiritual voice. It's looking for a place where there is no church praying. It's looking for a place where people are just accepting acceptance. Well, you just, you're just not tolerant. You're just not tolerant. Has it ever, has it ever occurred to anybody else that, that the only ones that are tolerant is the church? But nobody's tolerant about the things of the church. Amen. If you don't think that we're in a warfare, just look around us. Amen. Sister Cynthia had sent me a thing this week and some of the others this mess they had going on up here in Hurricane the other day, yesterday. Is it next week? Well, I was a week early then. I was up there yesterday morning, so I got to jump on it. <laughs> Amen. This mess going on up here about these demonic people going to come in and teach your children how to levitate. Ain't that cute? And I, I, don't, I don't think that we even, you know, I, this is just my heart on it, okay? I don't think that we even have to have a public display as, more, as much as we have to have an internal display. Doesn't mean that we don't go there. I went there yesterday morning before I did everything else and walked around and declared and decreed the kingdom of God has come to this region and that the voice of hell will be be uh, come to a place where that it, it, it is confused. Amen. Well, they're just some people coming in here acting silly. They ain't no real big, that's tolerance. That's tolerance. And when it gets its foothold in this community because demons hold on to territories you remember whenever Jesus stepped off the boat and he said, why did you come and torment me before my time? And what was his request? So let me stay here. Amen. Just let me stay here. Why? Because he found the community tolerant to his shenanigans, to the way he did things. Amen. You know why they got, I don't know, they may have given it a name now, but up there in St. Albans, and, and they used to call it no man's land because nobody wanted to admit it was their community. With all of those strip clubs and all that mess up there. Right? You know why that's there? You know why it's been there for years? Ever since I've been in this area, it's been up there. You know why? It's because it found a place tolerant. 
Amen. And I'm not condemning or beating down nobody that lives in St. Albans. I'm just telling you, that's what happens. And those spirits find a tolerant place. And when we, it doesn't find a voice, when it doesn't have a church that's praying and, and believing God and calling on the name of Jesus and, and creating a culture and an environment, then it comes in and takes the vacuum of the absence that is there and sets its foothold there. It takes control of that territory and claims it for its own. But I say today, One Life Church, let, it, let us not let it happen in this region. Let us not let it happen in this valley, but let us begin to stand fast upon the word of God, the promises of God, and lay claim to what God said is ours. Amen. Did I tell you I was done? Amen. Is anybody else tired of being known as the most depressed region in the world? <laughs> Poverty stricken? How are we going to change that? We change it not from the outside in, but from the inside out. The church has to stand up and say something. The world's been talking for all these years and it's not accomplished anything. Hey, why don't we try something different? Why don't we try the word of God? <laughs> why don't we try doing what God said to do and, and say we're not going to tolerate this stuff anymore and we begin to take a stand for righteousness, a stand for his word until we're not no longer known for the most depressed region in America but known as the most happy I'm done.